Yeah, mostly it was just out of frustration with the jobs that I had. So I never really saw myself owning a business or being self-employed when I was growing up. Um, I think I always kind of saw that as like high risk, just assumed I would work hard, go to college, get a job and, you know, do a good job and just kind of stay with the company and progress and, you know, and grow throughout my career. And um, when, once I got out, I just kind of saw that it's not really the way it usually works. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, where we talk about how spouses can get on the same page, pay down their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom. I'm your host, El Martinez. Today's episode is brought to you by the free course, Five Days to 5K. Many couples I talk to know what they should be doing, right? Pay down that debt, save money for emergencies or whatever goal they have. The tricky part though is where do you find the money for those goals? Five Days to 5K is a free email-based course that helps you find, save, and earn extra money on the side so you can reach your goals faster. If you're interested, you can sign up at couplemoney.com slash 5K. Starting a business, working from home, having a side hustle. You don't have to be online for five seconds before you see an ad, a site, or read someone saying how easy it is to get started. It's kind of half true. I would say that there are more low-cost ways to get started with making money on the side, but free? Easy? Nah. Whether you're working on the side through an app like Uber, WAG, or Grubhub, flipping furniture and other yard sale treasures for profit, or working strictly online, starting a business is probably the easiest part. Running and growing one? There's the work. I know some of you are interested in knocking out your debt faster, or you're saving up for a big goal. Maybe you want to buy a house, or bump up your savings for your little one's arrival, and you're thinking, Could a side business be exactly what I need? Honestly, it could. There is a flexibility that you have when you're in charge, but it's no cakewalk. So today I want to share my chat with Mark over at Vital Dollar about his journey from working in an office, starting a side hustle, to becoming a full-time entrepreneur working from home. In this episode, we'll discuss why he made that transition from employee to entrepreneur and when he knew he was ready, tips to help you guys use that income to reach your goals faster, and if you do become a full-time entrepreneur, how to live on an income that fluctuates. All right, let's get started. My full-time career, I had... uh a few different jobs in the finance industry after college, like mm-hmm. through my twenties. Um, most of that time I was an auditor and that was what I did for the last three to four years um, while I was starting my own business. So I've been doing internet marketing now full time since 2008. So a little over 10 years. Um, but before that I, I didn't really have a background in marketing, you know, like uh, have a business degree, but um, my actual jobs were related to finance so time-wise, when you decided, I guess, to pivot, were you married at that time or is this before you met your wife? Yeah. So we got married in 2006. Okay. That was right around the time when I started doing some web designs. So I had taken a web design course a few years earlier in college. It was just like one single course and we 
by the end of the semester, we could make like a really simple website. And then I continued to read books and online tutorials and stuff and, and learn on my own over the next couple of years, very slowly, you know, just whenever I felt like it. And then I started to do some, some, um, websites for family and friends, like right around the time when we got married and, you know, just looking for a little bit of extra money. And then in 2007 was when I really, what I kind of considered the start of my business. That's when I launched my blog mm-hmm. and when I really took it serious and uh, really started putting in consistent time. Did you have any debts that you were paying off or were you guys in pretty solid financial ground? We had a mortgage. We may have had a car loan on my wife's car at that point, okay. but it would have been, you know, it was a used car. It wasn't, it wouldn't have been more than like two or $300 a month. We had no credit card debt. We had no student loans. So debt wasn't really an issue. Okay. What made you want to become an entrepreneur? Cause that, that is a big leap. Yeah. Mostly it was just out of frustration with the jobs that I had. So mm-hmm. I never really saw myself owning a business or being self-employed when I was growing up. Um, I think I always kind of saw that as like high risk, just assumed I would work hard, go to college, get a job and, you know, do a good job and just kind of stay with the company and progress and, you know, and grow throughout my career. And, um, once I got out, I just kind of saw that it's not really the way it usually works. I always had work, but it was never jobs that I was really too excited about. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was always looking for something else that would give me a chance to, to grow. I didn't mind waiting a couple years, putting in work in order to, um, to get to a better position in the future, but I just couldn't really find anything that me the, the opportunities I was looking for as far as you know career growth and stuff. So I kind of bounced from one job to another. I, I had my first three years out of college, I had a different job each year. The last job when I was an auditor for between three and four years, mm-hmm. that was you know the better job of the ones I had. But again, doing a pretty good job, but I was on a very small team and there was just nowhere for me to go. And so it was really just a frustration. I started doing a little bit of web design on the side for like some friends and family and just as a way to make some extra money. And then I, you know, when I was getting frustrated with work and stuff, I thought, you know, maybe I should just try this and see if I can, you know, actually make more money from it and potentially do something full time. And so that kind of led me to starting a web design blog. And that's really what took off and what allowed me to, to do it full time. One of the most annoying things I see on the web is how people advertise it as something that you can do in your spare time, like mere hour or two a week to actually build a business. And the reality is it it takes time that you have to invest up front before you see anything. How did you split the time between your, I guess called nine to five and this blog that you were trying to launch as a business? Well, my, my job, I had very consistent hours. I worked eight to five every day. Mm-hmm. So I would come home, eat dinner, maybe go to the gym with my wife some nights and stuff. And then I would work every evening pretty much, um, at least Monday through Thursday. Uh, and then I would usually take Friday evening off and we would go out to dinner or watch a movie or something. But pretty much I would work for at least you know three or four hours every evening, um, Monday through Thursday. And then I would work Saturdays pretty much all day and then mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon. So in total, I, I think I probably worked about 30 hours a week on my business for for a year and a half before it got to the point where I could leave my full-time job. So for you guys, how did you, I guess, you and your wife discuss when you thought was the right time to make that leap to 
quit or give your notice with your office job so you could pursue this full-time? Was it a certain number you guys were looking for, either the income coming in or was there a savings goal that you guys have to make sure you could weather this transition? Before I really even started making money for my own business, we kind of decided that we didn't want to like get used to living on that money. So we both had full-time jobs and we could live on that. We weren't, you know, we were still fairly early on in our careers. We weren't making a ton of money, but we were fine. Um, What we didn't want was I start making money on the side and then we get used to living on all three of those incomes and then kind of feel like we're stuck and I have to continue to do it. So we decided early on we weren't going to use that money for anything. We were just going to put that in a savings account. So that kind of helped us to build up a little bit of um, a cushion in case, you know, once I did make that leap, in case things didn't go well, we had, um, I don't remember what we had. I think we had like $20,000 or something in a savings account, you know, to help out with expenses for that. Since we weren't living on, you know, all three incomes, if I could kind of just flip the switch and, you know, go from using my my income as an employee to, you know, my self-employed income, then we wouldn't be putting that that self-employed money into savings anymore. But as far as, you know, covering our budget and stuff, we would be okay. Where I was making quite as much as my full-time job before I quit, but I got somewhat close. I was actually doing a little bit of freelance writing or a good bit of freelance writing at the time about, so I I was working on my blog and um, that was my long-term goal. But I was also doing some freelance writing for other blogs to make some money while I was waiting for my own blog to grow and start to make more money. And I had a, a client that I did some freelance writing for that asked me to do significantly more than what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And that was the point where I said, like, we weren't quite, we hadn't really thought we were to the point where I'd quit my job. And, and this client who paid pretty well was asking me to do more. And I, I was just about to say, no, I can't do it because I just don't have the time. And then my wife and I started talking. I said, you know what? Like if I quit my job, I think I I could definitely have the time to do more. And I think I could replace my full-time income, you know, with the extra income from this client. So we ran the numbers and made a quick decision. And uh, I put in two weeks notice and that was when we made the jump. So you've been doing this for years now. Have you changed how you handle your finances? We did live in the Philadelphia suburbs. We lived in New Jersey. So it was somewhat, you know, high cost of living. It wasn't outrageous, but it wasn't um, like we're in a lower, lower cost of living area. Now we're in Pennsylvania and the more rural area. So we didn't have, you know, a ton of extra money each month. We were, we were doing fine, but we weren't like, you know, we didn't have a ton of savings built up or anything. So the biggest thing we had to do was we basically had to estimate my average monthly income after taxes. So we knew obviously, you know, at my old job, I had a salary. So we knew exactly what I was going to make. So we kind of had to estimate like how much can I make? And obviously after a few months, you kind of, you know, but at first you kind of have to, to make your best guess. So we had that, that estimate of an average monthly income. And then we based our budget on an income that was below what we estimated to be the average month. So it's one of the the drawbacks, I think, to having an inconsistent income is you do have to be a little bit more cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we just kind of adjusted. And, you know, if we said, I think, I think we we're estimating my average income at first to be something around like $4,000 a month, we would have budgeted 
closer to $3,000 a month or something like that. Then the, we kind of established an, what we consider like a normal level of living. And this is something that we've stuck with even, you know, as our income has increased over the years, even though my income is pretty variable and, and really can go up and down, we don't have wild swings in our, our lifestyle. So like when I have a good month, we don't increase the budget. We don't go take a big vacation or, you know, spend a lot of money going out to restaurants or whatever. We, we live a very even lifestyle. When I do have a good month, we'll take advantage of that by saving more. So it kind of goes back to the previous point about like having a consistent lifestyle. So if we were always living up, you know, like I had a good month, so we went out and spent that extra money. Then, um, you know, if I had a bad month, we wouldn't have any reserves to, to cover. Well, smart. You guys stash that away. I know sometimes you see this huge balance and there's a temptation to kind of live it up for a little bit, but it's good that you guys have that discipline. Do keep more in savings than, you know, the typical family would because my income is, is so up and down. And also um, my wife has been a stay at home mom now for the past six years. So we went from being a, uh, a two income family with two people to a one income family with four people. There's definitely, you know, more risk now. And, you know, we don't have my wife's consistent income, you know, to count on, even if, if mine goes down a little bit, that's, that's all we got. So we do keep a little bit more in, in savings than, uh, than we would otherwise. I, I would recommend having a fallback plan. If you're having, if you have a few bad months in a row and you don't really see things turning around, then what do you do? Um, and I think it's good to, to think about that ahead of time and have something that you can use to, you know, sort of quickly start to make some money. Like for me, that's freelance writing because that's what I've done in the past. And I've actually done that a few times over the years. Um, so I've sold some websites. And um, so after I sold the website, then my, my income, my monthly income goes down because I no longer own that asset that brings in money. So sometimes what I've done is after I sold a website, my income drops, then I've done some freelance writing to kind of, you know, bring in some money while I'm working on other projects and building up other websites. That makes sense because sometimes also the fear of not having a fallback plan, then you don't make that leap and you really miss out on an opportunity. I'm sure you enjoy being able to work from home, especially now as a parent, that gives you some flexibility with your job. Definitely. It's, the flexibility is one of the biggest benefits for me. I think there's also, I have the potential to, to make as much money as, you know, as I can. I didn't have that when I had a regular job. So I think I would recommend embracing the lifestyle of, of the inconsistent income mm -hmm. and, you know, just the, the fact that you have opportunities. And uh, for me, that also involves working from home and being able to run my own business and choosing the projects I work on. You know, not everybody who has an inconsistent income is going to have that same situation, but basically just embracing the good parts of it as well as the negatives. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from speaking with Mark. The first one is have a purpose and a goal for your business. Now, starting a business, you can have many different reasons. Maybe it's specifically to reach a financial goal faster, or maybe you're not happy with your career and you want to pivot. Just understand why you're going to start the business and have a goal in mind. Do you want to transition for this to be your main income, secondary income, or is this going to stay a side hustle? The second one is have a realistic schedule. 
I know on the web, they love to advertise how fast it can be to grow and sustain a business, but that is not always the case. It takes a lot of work. And for many entrepreneurs that I speak with, even the ones that are working strictly online, you're talking about 12 to 18 months of hard work before you start seeing results that you're happy with. So when you come up with your schedule, talk it over with your spouse. Where is this going to fit in? If you have kids, definitely going to have to finagle the schedule a little bit. Maybe after they go to bed, take care of the work. But you don't want to forgo your personal life and your family life over a side business. Make it fit with your schedule. After all, that's supposed to be one of the plus sides of being an entrepreneur. And finally, it's okay to keep your side hustle a side hustle. Some people may push you to make this bigger and better, but if you're happy with where your business is now, basic on the schedule and the income that you're receiving, you can keep it there. Don't worry, you can always grow it later down the line, but appreciate what season of life you're in and what your goals are. If you'd like to chat more about the realities of working from home and starting a business, please join us in our free and private Facebook group, Thriving Families. We're looking to support one another and help each other out with our goals. We like to swap stories, tips, give suggestions about resources. And if you have a goal that you're stuck on and you want to reach it, please, we'd love to support you. We're over at couplemoney.com FB. Hope to see you there. Special thanks to Mark for being a part of the show. If you want to learn more about making money while working from home, please check them out at vitaldollar.com. As always, I'll have the resources we mentioned, as well as other handy tools to help you to save more of your hard-earned money. You can find it over at the show notes in Couple Money. Next week on the podcast, we're going house hunting. This is usually one of the biggest purchases we make as couples and families, but it can also be a trap and you can get stuck with a house that you just can't afford. I want you to see your home as a blessing and not a burden. So next week, we're going to go over how to prepare your finances and hunt for your dream home so that you will find the perfect place for you and still have money for other things. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You don't want to miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're probably there. Finally, thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. I really appreciate you guys emailing me with your suggestions and questions, the conversations that we're having over at Thriving Families, and that you're sharing your favorite episodes. Thank you so much. I want to make money less intimidating for couples and also move it away from just talking about numbers, but talking about goals and what you guys want to achieve. So thank you again for your support. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great week. Take care.